Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I am so happy to bring this very special guest to you today, Dr. Valerie Simonson. She made just a huge impact in my life when I needed her the most, and I just admire her so much. She's a, a great person, great healer, and is so she's just an amazing person. She just goes where she knows she needs to go to do what she knows she needs to do, and it's it's wonderful to uh, have that that example of uh, such a beautiful way to live. So welcome. Thank you. Aloha, Emily. Thank you for having me come. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, I met Dr. Valerie here on Maui. She was living here at the time, but she she lives lots of different places. So <laughs> I was just very fortunate that she was here at the time that I needed her. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about you? what you do, how you do it sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Emily. You and I, we met, I think, I don't know, but we spent a lot of time on the beach, mm-hmm. which was probably the most important thing. Uh, as, as a, I'm a naturopathic physician and I specialize in integrative medicine, but nature is where the healing happens. So we had a lot of experiences on the beach and when we are in nature, there's something that clicks inside of us that doesn't happen in an office. So what I've done in the, actually I was leaving medicine in 2020 and then COVID hit and I'm back in medicine, but also have created a nonprofit for healthcare professionals, educators and community leaders that are dealing with burnout. Is I too have burned myself out many times because I've been all over the world doing international crisis relief work, na 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 na, and so now I'm back just sitting in my body, breathing, <laughs> teaching what I need to learn, which is self care, and I'm so glad that you are doing your program because I think grief and happiness is a topic we need to talk more about. Uh, and integrated into our bodies. Yes, absolutely. I agree just 100%. I can say that Dr. Valerie is the only doctor I have an, I've had an appointment with on the beach. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was such a, a beautiful concept. The, the things we did and talked about while we were there was, was more healing than any pill somebody could have given me. Mm. So... I'm I'm very very grateful for that. We also you came to my house and we sat outside and it was so beautiful outside too. And you you gave me keys to rely upon when you weren't around. Things that that could trigger for me. Oh yeah, I do know more. Yeah. And uh, that my life is based around love, and I can. Uh, function that way mm. so and I, I love the idea of what what you're doing for healthcare professionals I, that it's so easy to burn out in that world 
especially when you've got uh, crises. I, I know I used to work in, in the emergency room a lot, and uh, you can only do that for so long. I don't, I don't know how people that work there stay there for a whole career. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty special for sure. And, you know, the whole topic or the whole essence of my being the last years that I'm on this planet really is, is that everybody remembers that they do no more. That's the name of the company is You No More. And how to really drop into your body and then know what your needs are, ask for what your needs are, and have the follow through, which takes practice in taking care of yourself and revering yourself as the king and the queen that you are. Absolutely. I know I was I was just thinking that when somebody asked me, and I get asked this question a lot, what's what's the first thing you tell somebody who's dealing with grief to to help them? What what can you you do? And I always say that self-care is is vital. That, that if that's that's what they have to do first before they do anything else. And I know that you really reinforced that for me and it helped me a lot. So that's that's what I always tell to people. What what kind of self-care would you suggest if somebody came to you who was grieving and just didn't know what to do? What would you suggest? Yeah, I just had that happen actually the other day. A relative lost her husband prematurely. Mm-hmm. And when I asked, what do you need? And she says, I don't even know what I need. And so I responded with breathe. And I sent her a video on looking at a mountain just with the words breathe. <laughs> and she wrote back a couple of days later and she said, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So the awareness, this, this is, grieving is a, it's a, it's a, an experience in life that in our culture, in American culture, there's not a lot of education on. But if we go back to the simple ways of living on the planet, just breathe and, you know, eat as well as you can. Sugar is going to want, you're going to want sugar because sugar satisfies a part of the body where the sweetness perhaps is missing. Mm-hmm. So it's important to put in your proteins at this time, whatever that is for you. And and then rest, sleep. Even if you don't think you're sleeping, just stop and rest. And like I told my little niece the other day, I said, you know, everything's going to work out okay. You don't have to get everything done right now. And I think that's the most important thing in life. We don't have to get it done right now. If there's a child running out in a car in front of a car, yes, you're gonna you're gonna respond. But for most things in life, if you just take a breath, drink some water or some tea, go to the bathroom, just go pee, right? Ah, get out in nature, move your body a little bit. If nothing more, just walk with no intention of getting somewhere. Just walk. And then honor the silence. Honor the silence. And and the silence gives us that space where we really can get in touch what we are feeling. Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I confused? Am I blah, blah, blah? Whatever it is, that pause. It's so beautiful. That, That just 
really explains with nice details the this ideal way to take care of yourself and you can do it you can see you don't have to rely on somebody else you don't have to run to the doctor or you don't have to have somebody else do it for you this is mm -hmm. something it's they call it self-care because you do it for yourself yeah you know, and you know one of the reasons that medications are so over prescribed is because when a patient comes in to see you see the doctor there's an obligation we as doctors we need to do something so okay well they're sad well let's look at this antidepressant well they're having anxiety well let's look at this anxiety medicine and perhaps all it is is they just need their hand held and told you know what it's okay you've got this i believe in you and do nothing but just be there and when we have someone just holding our hand perhaps Knowing we're not alone, things do improve. They really do. And I think that's that's one of the biggest challenges in dealing with grief in our society today is that when somebody dies, people are there for a memorial service and then they disappear. You know, they all say, you know, let me know if I can do anything for you, but they're not there. They're they're gone. And the, the person grieving is by themselves. And yeah, I heard it said the other day by a a woman that lost a, a spouse, she said, yeah, everybody said they were going to be there. But the fact is, life goes on. And people are busy. And you'll find, Pop, or, um, not Papa Kalakea, but he, he would validate this. But uh, Wallace Black Elk said, you've got five good friends. And if, you know, more than that, they're really not good friends. And those are the ones that, you don't even have to say anything to you don't even have to call them because they're already connected to you but you can depend on that whatever those five five pe those pe people are but more importantly is that connection to spirit to god allah whatever you call it something that's greater than yourself and spending time in that space it really is i i think Anymore, people don't talk about that sort of thing as much as, as we used to. And people kind of think whatever their belief is, is kind of a private matter because they don't want to get into a debate or a discussion or something. Right. And if it's private for you, then take advantage of that, you know, have, right. have that feel that private presence if you're not talking to somebody else about it. Yeah, it, it's it's fine to to know that there's more out there. And, and then at the, the same time, all of our emotions, anger, fear, sadness, all of these emotions are real and we need to be respected. We need to respect those. But as the Dalai Lama said one time, we were with him and he got really angry and he walked off the stage and he was gone until they fixed the problem that, that, that was there. And he came back and he says, it's okay to be angry. It's that if you hang on to it, then that is when it can cause problems, which kind of brings me around to one of the topics on our, our little menu of topics, which is the body's relationship to emotions. So do you know what the emotion of the lungs is in Chinese medicine? I should, but I don't. <laughs> it's grief. 
I, I knew that. I did know yeah, that. I'm sure you did. And it's almost predictable if there's a death in a family, when there is a death in a family, there's going to be somebody, if not a number of them, that are going to have pneumonia from the grief that's not being expressed. So in New Zealand, they have professional whalers. Mm. They come to a funeral or they come to the wake and they just cry and wail. It's this wail you can hear for, you know, a mile probably, right? Getting And then people start wailing and it gets out of their body. So how we prevent problems within our body, whether it's grief, which is in the lungs, is by expressing whatever. If you're angry, express it. If you're happy, express it. And you know for yourself, and many of you that are listening know this too, if I could just think of something happy, or a family the other day said, I just want to watch a, a funny show where I can laugh. And laughter, joy, is the emotion, the emotion and the organ is the heart, joy. And when we laugh, it changes the chemistry in our brain. Our oxytocin, our love hormone goes up, our dopamine levels change, our serotonin levels are satisfied. So that's what I got to say about that. Yes, yes. Uh, that's, uh, that's so wonderful. Uh, I know that whenever I, I do a lot of social media and whenever I put something on that says breathe, mm-hmm. everybody responds to that because it's like like a reminder. Oh, yeah, I, I need to take a breath. And a lot of times people will just not realize that they're holding their breath. And, and you know, Emily, especially since this pandemic, we have been terrorized by media. There's a constant, oh, my God, is it going to get get me? And we're in fight and flight, or many of us are. I have been. And, you know, I'm teaching this stuff about breathing and self-care. But there's times that I'll just all of a sudden notice, oh, man, my back hurts, my belly hurts. Oh, yeah, I forgot to breathe. Right? Yeah. To breathe. So dropping down, dropping the breath down into the toes. And if you hyperventilate, you hyperventilate. And that just means that you haven't been breathing. Mm-hmm. I had a man this morning on a Zoom call, and he was, I could tell he was starting to get a little pretty uptight. <laughs> and and then I just said, breathe. So as that gentleman understood that he wasn't breathing. He was talking about his past. He was talking about the trauma, his losses, and his breathing process. And then he took a big yawn. And he yawned. And I got this from my Girl Scout teacher, Carol Lee Swagger, when I was a kid. The reason why we yawn is that the body needs air. It needs oxygen. So I said, you just self-regulated yourself with a yawn. Now, we don't have to self-regulate if we remember just to breathe. Now, that's easier said than done. 
write it on your hand, put it on your forehead, put up sticky notes. As we're all learning to recover from the trauma that we've been through the last couple of years. Throw a couple of deaths on there. I think I know uh, um, in my family, I think there's something like 16 deaths. Wow. In this last year and a half or something. That's a lot. It's a lot. And so, so many of us are experiencing death and loss in general, like we never have before that came with the pandemic. And although things aren't quite as acute in the hospitals right now, it seems like everybody I know <laughs> is is getting sick. I had somebody uh, cancel yesterday a recording that we were going to do because she had COVID. And she just said, I can't breathe that well. So I can't, I can't yeah. like go on the podcast because... Yeah. She couldn't breathe. Yeah. And I think, Emily, it's important that we honor the fact that it's not just COVID. It's the fact people lost their jobs. They lost their homes. Mm-hmm. They lost the ability to, to go to a store and buy their favorite hiking shoes. Yeah. All of these things are building up to what we have now. And it's important that we honor that. At the same time, Get perspective. Step away from it. So one of my addictions is shoes. Well, I can't get my shoes anymore. There isn't enough to go around. Da, 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 da. When I got the perspective on it, really, how many pairs of shoes do I need? Right? <laughs> really? Yeah. But two? Yeah. But, you know, two. <laughs> got to have your sandals and then another pair or whatever. But the point is enough is enough. And I think that's been one of the greatest things that the pandemic has taught us. We need to simplify our life, get down to what are my needs, know what my needs are, and then how can I support that? Someone the other day was buying another, what would they call them, a four-wheeler or something like that. Well, they have two. I said, why? What was a good deal? Okay. And not to be judgmental, just to be observing, we still, in this culture, there is this thing that if we can just keep on putting things in, I will be okay. And in the grieving process, it's so easy to put things in to make me okay. And the first one we tend to put in in our culture is food or no food depending mm-hmm. what your personality is, right? Yes. And then alcohol or other medications that will numb, if I may say, the process. Yeah, I, I think when when we can really look at what's what's really important in our lives and important to us. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've... Uh, was raised with parents that had been through the depression. The family had been through the depression and they saved everything they ever came across. And I I got to clean up all that stuff that they saved when they weren't there anymore. And it, it really was a lesson to me of what really is important in life. Do, Do I need to have every single thing that, uh, that comes my way? And, uh, the the more I realized that less is more, the more spacious I felt, uh, the easier it was to breathe. And financially, it's so much better. You don't have to worry about 
bills if you're not buying a bunch of stuff you don't need, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I love the word that you use there, spacious, because that's what the breath does is it gives space in the body, expressing what you're feeling in the moment, such as wailing when someone cries, that gives space. And when we have space, your internal organs are going to function more optimally. So people that repress the grief or hang on to the grief, and there is no time limit for grief or any emotion. But if there is a repression, what happens is that will start to shift the function and the ability of the organs to operate in an optimal manner. So it's so important that we move things through our breath, space, get rid of things we don't need, space, and then go back to the mantra, I am enough. I am enough. And when this pandemic started, I changed my heading on my website. It said, you are spiritually prepared for all of these events. It's true. Everybody has it. They have it inside. It just means you got to stop and go in there. Mm -hmm. And then when I talked to uh, the Department of Health about an issue there on Maui, and they, they were telling me what they wanted to do, and I said, if a tree is sick, you fix the soil. If a tree is sick, you fix the soil. And he said to me, Valerie, do you really think we're that conscious? And I said, we better get that conscious. Because that's why we're in this situation. We've overused the earth. We've overused resources. We've, we keep on putting things in, putting things in, putting things in. Things are out of balance. And when I thought about, okay, we're going to fix the soil. What's the soil of a human being? It's their soul. Now, we can fix the digestion, which is, you know, on a physical level. But really, it's your soul. And the only way that you get fixing your soul is to drop into whatever you're feeling. Express it, whether it's writing a book, starting a new business like you have done, um, throwing a pot with pottery, becoming a Boston Marathon runner, whatever it is, move it through, move it through. Uh, I think when when people can find something to to focus on, that it, it, other than not feeling well or grieving or whatever it is, I I had one friend who dealt with cancer and it was a, a long road. And when she got better, she started first walking, then running, and her goal was to run a marathon, and she did. And by the time she did that, she was fine. She was wonderful. Yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of air to to run, a lot of breath. Yes, it does. I, I think that it that does. was so good and, for her. And then practice. It took practice. Mm-hmm. And going back to your story, story, Emily, where you took your mess and you turned it into your message. That's right. And that's what we all have the opportunity to do. And I laugh at myself because this you know more thing, I've been working with that for years. And, but now 
it really is. I am taking my mess, which is self-care, Dr. Valerie, (laughs) and making it my message. And I found that through one of the programs that I took with you because I was grieving. And then when you took me through the exercise, I thought, I'm not grieving what's happening in the world. I'm grieving that I don't take time out for myself to take care of myself. That's what I was sad about. And after we had that class together, the Grief Alliance um, gathering, I put it in my calendar. And that night I took a bath, the first bath where I just didn't do anything. I didn't listen to a podcast. I didn't do anything. I just laid in that water. Right. How beautiful. We we need more baths. <laughs> we, we need more know. baths if you've got that option. And if not, there's the ocean in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And water, you're made up of 75 to 80% water. So when we get with water, it does help make the flow happen more easily. Right. And that's what tears yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Tears. They're they're moving, moving the water. And, and tears tears are interesting too because people uh, in grieving often will say, "I can't stop. I should be able to control this. I keep having all these tears. Well, have the tears." Or they'll say, "I just can't cry anymore." And uh, there's there must be something wrong with me because I'm not having tears. I'm not crying, and it's, that's not a gauge. <laughs> something no, to, it's to not. look at. It's not. I had a lady that had a, a miscarriage, and then the second baby, stillborn, third baby, stillborn. Oh wow! And we had to put her in the hospital, as she couldn't quit crying. And one day, the attending physician in the hospital said, "When are you ever going to stop crying?" And she said, "When there's no more tears." Mm-hmm. And one day, I popped in to see her, and she was gone. She had left the hospital and I tracked her down. I said, are you okay? And she said, yeah, no more tears. And then she ended up having a, a, a set of twins, Aww. healthy twins. Years later, she gave yeah. herself a break. But when there are no more tears, isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. That really is. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's that's such a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. But understand what the tears are about. And that's like with that process that you took me through the other day with the other people in the group. I thought it was X, Y, Z was why I was sad. The world situation, the overwork, the best. Now, what I was really grieving was that Valerie didn't have time to take care of Valerie. And it's not that the time isn't there, but I wasn't valuing me. I was valuing everybody else. And that's what a lot of us in the healthcare profession and other professions do is we take care of them. We take care of them. And then pretty soon, whop, what happens to us? Yeah. We're burned out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or sick. Mm-hmm. You work until you can't work anymore for one reason or the other. And, and then yeah. you judge yourself. We do so much yeah. self-judgment, and self-judgment gets way in the way of your self-care. Yeah. Wow. Well, this, this has just been a beautiful, amazing talk. I could talk to you for hours and days. 
I know. It's it just it it just feels good uh, to talk to you, and I always feel better after just being in your presence, and that's that's pretty pretty wonderful. Thank you. So I'm I'm so grateful to have met you, to have had you be a part of my life. Is is just I'm I'm very grateful for that, and I'm inviting you back. I want to cover the other things on menu that you gave me of things that we can talk about. So great. Great. And if that doesn't happen, so be it with the other things on the menu, because really it's important that we stay present in the moment and feel what needs to be done. And grieving is a natural process. So is happiness. So as we understand that grieving is happiness, there is no separation. Ah, that's right. right. That's my whole message. (laughs) People often question me about that, but I say it's so important. And and when I tell them that I really am happier now than I ever have been, a lot of times they express surprise, but I also can get the feeling from them like there's hope. You know, yes. they they didn't think maybe that that would ever happen again for them. Yeah. But when they can see what with all that I've been through, that I can be genuinely happy. And yes. grateful to have the opportunity to help other people and have have a real mission for myself, a, a purpose in my life that that makes yeah. all the difference in the world. And and I will testify that watching you go through this process is that as you've gone through the grief, the happiness is sustainable. Unlike bliss, like oh, I'm all bliss. That's not sustainable. Happiness is. And you're healthier now. Oh, yes. Because of that sustain, sustainability, true happiness that is prompted and supported by grief. Yes. Yes. What a beautiful way to say it. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, I know that our listeners are going to want to have you back too. So <laughs> we'll schedule awesome. you a couple months down the road and, and have another conversation because this is just beautiful. I, I really, really enjoy talking to you. And we will be back next week with a different guest and a different topic. And I look forward to seeing my listeners there then too. Aloha. Aloha. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.